Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I was engaged to the newsreader, but I was dating a chick that was in research and also having sex with all the promotional girls. Yeah, now you sound like an asshole again, but yeah, go but, on. But this, this was what was going on. Okay. Plus, I had obsessive compulsive disorder oh. and fully addicted to marijuana. So not the best fully grounded employee to have. I look myself in the eye and wonder when. I look myself in the eye and wonder when am I getting it together? Lord, it's been forever since it felt right. The one and only Kyle Sanderlands, whom I love. There, I've said it. I'm expecting a lot of blowback about this one because Kyle has a lot of critics, particularly in the media and feminist circles, dare I say, which I belong to both. Uh, I honestly believe that the reason he gets so much criticism is because the vast majority of his work and personality operates below most of our radars. We all think we know him back to front, but the truth is we only notice him when he said something newsworthy. And when it's newsworthy, it's usually because it's hideous. Uh, We'll get to that later. But as another person who speaks in public for a living, I can understand how sometimes hideous things pop out. It's just that no one seems to notice them as much when I do them and... God willing, hopefully that will continue. There's much, much more to Kyle than that, though, and I'm hoping I've created a window into it with this conversation. So please sit back and relax and get a bit of Kyle Sanderlands, India. What a weird thing to ask you to do. I'm Michelle Laurie, and this is the Nitty Gritty Committee, stories about the guts and the glory of life. You're so nice to the kids. People don't know that about you. No, I know. I'm nice. These kids that I work with, and they're not the first. I've worked with other people in radio who've worked with you who've said, what a lovely guy. Oh, that's going to ruin millions of dollars of marketing. (laughs) They've been pumping me up to be an arsehole for years. (laughs) I know. I know. Does it ever get to you? Well, look, yesterday it got to me because I had there was I had a little bingle, a little car accident in the city. I was just reading about that online. Oh, it says you, you hit a ute and you left the driver stranded. Yeah, now, now, and, and it, it said all this other stuff that, oh, there was reports I was on my phone. They just, I, I, I'm, I'm from the old school where I believed for my whole life that the newspapers told only factual truth. <laughs> and then when I realised that nearly 90% of everything I read about myself is absolutely like fabrication and a lie, I, I'm, I was a bit like weirded out by the whole thing. And then, unfortunately, they were right next to a school, and then there was a. I heard Kyle, Kyle <laughs> chanting, and heaps of them chanting, and I thought, "Oh my god, what's this?" And I looked up, and there's about a hundred boys hanging out of a school chanting my name, banging on the side, and I thought, "Oh, not now, not now." Anyway, anyway, so the guy obviously realised, "Oh, it's that asshole from the radio," and um, and then he rang the newspaper or something, and I thought, "Then my life sucks." 
Anyway, I drove off. It was fine. They just made the whole thing look dodgy. Yeah. You don't ever get to be not Kyle, though, do you? You never get to say, not now, kids. Yeah. Not now. Like, if I was Ronald McDonald, I'd be able to take the face paint off. But yeah. no. <laughs> I'm stuck here looking like this my whole life. <laughs> but people thinking you're an asshole, does that ever get annoying? Like when you're on a flight or something or you're just nah. doing your business? No one ever says anything because I think they're scared, oh, okay, okay. right? They're scared. No one comes up and goes, oh, you're an asshole. But you can tell the types. Like most people look and smile and nod, and, but they're still too scared in case I'm an asshole. Yeah. So I go, oh, hi, hi. But I can tell the people who do, do the double take and then give me that look down the nose like, oh, it's him. I was on a flight with you years ago, and when we got off the flight in Brisbane, actually, yeah. was where it was headed to, I thought, I'm going to say hi to Kyle Sanderlands. But then when I walked past you, you were like really buried in your phone, and I thought... Oh, let's uh, pretend. Molly Meldrum taught me how to do that. Okay, so then I ran into Jackie a few months later and I was telling her and she goes, that would have been pretend. That's what he yeah, does. Totally, because Molly Meldrum and I had a big fight once, right? Because he rang up wow. drunk I was doing when I was doing Idol, right? So yeah, he'd yeah. done the last series of pop stars on TV and then I was doing Idol. And I thought Molly and I always got along well, but he rang up on the show, he was blind, mm. and um, he was in London or something, and he just started mouthing off, what qualifications do you even have to be a bloody judge on Idol? And I thought, well, what qualifications do you have? We're going from the same thing, interviewing celebrities. That's really your background. That's my background. Anyway, him and I had a big uh, – I ended up you know, going off like an asshole again and telling him, oh, you're hiding under that hat. You've been in your closet. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I got all personal yeah. and I hung up on him and then I banned him from the show for a year. And then all of a sudden I sit on another story about a plane. I walk into a plane and I'm looking for my seat and I'm like, okay. Uh, and guess who's sitting beside me? No. Molly Meldrum. And I thought, oh, no. No. And he was like, oh, I've been meaning to catch up. Anyway, we, <laughs> when you're on a plane for one hour together, like you become besties. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I said, oh, sorry. He said, sorry, and everything's great now. Can you Don't believe- know where I was going with this story. Well, but, uh, uh, where I'm going story. with it, it is a really good yarn, but it, yeah. it also <laughs> reminds me of, like, this is your life now, and I know you get used to it pretty quickly where Molly Meldrum rings you up and you have a blue with him. And the, yeah. But uh, but I, what about your early days in radio? Were you in Darwin or someone Someone I knew crossed paths yeah. with you in Darwin? That's true. I was in Darwin. Tell me about your life there when you're, you're, you weren't an asshole. That wasn't your act there. No, uh, well, I, my act was never an asshole. To be honest, if you listen to the radio show I do, it's not like just me being like aggressive or you know putting people down. It's it's a it's a bit of all of me. So I think there's a maybe a ten twenty percent. Some would say twenty five percent slither of me that's you're so right. Can be like that. I started and, podcasting your show about six months ago. Yeah, and you're so right. I'm listening to it thinking, okay, this is actually just a fast paced, funny. Yes. That's what Silly, I sweet. It's all of the things that you want your, your radio show to be. You've got callers. Thanks. You're great to them and great with them, and they love you. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't live in Sydney, you only see these Kyles and asshole slivers in your media, and you yeah, go, I know. "What the hell are they doing with this guy but down there?" You got to remember that News News Limited is um, owned. The chairman of News Limited owns Nova, the radio network. So. You're never really going to read it. It's, it's their agenda to make sure I'm looking as bad as possible. Now, that might be just in my mind, but when you've been reading the newspaper for 10 <laughs> years, reading lies about yourself, that you think, well, there's got to be some sort of pattern here. And I, I hear that in the old days, in Darwin, for example, you were just a really hard-working radio nerd. You loved yeah, it. totally. And I had a girlfriend who hated me, so I spent all my time <laughs> at the radio station. I moved to Darwin for a girlfriend, right? So I was, yeah. I was in Perth. Working on the breakfast show and also the promotions manager at a radio station in Perth. Because wow. you know what these stations are like. You've got to do 40 jobs. Yep. 
And um, <laughs> and anyway, so I was engaged to the newsreader, but I was dating a chick that was in research and also having sex with all the promotional girls. And now you sound like an asshole again, but yeah, go but on. Th- but this, this was what was going on. Okay. Plus I had obsessive compulsive disorder oh. and fully addicted to marijuana. Oh. Right? So that, that was me when I was over at um, the radio station in Perth. So not the best fully grounded employee to have. Okay. But I was still there. Anyway, this and the hottest one that I was dating was this one that said, got a job in Darwin. And she's like, come with me and start a new life. And, and I'd got busted by being a cheater and everything. And I thought, you know what? Throw caution to the wind. Move to Darwin to start a new life. Just like I was on the run from the cops. Like the postcard bandit. Yeah. Someone like that. Just take off. Start a new life again. Yeah. So I did that. And we hated each other the whole oh. time. She kept bringing up the, oh, you were sleeping with all these people and you were engaged to one. And like, how can I ever trust you? And I thought, I've got myself in a, in a muddle here. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'd followed this girl because she got a job reading the news at the ABC or something mm. on the TV. And I thought, okay, I'll go up there. And Darwin, I loved, but um, only six months there. Then she left me. Devoed. Who would have seen that coming? Oh, not me. Then I moved to Brisbane. Yeah, right. Yeah. Then what happens? Well, I don't really like rock music, so I was working at Triple M in Brisbane, right? and I wanted to be in Brisbane. That's mm-hmm. where I wanted to be, but I hated rock. So, mm. and then, and I was on a night show with this girl. She was cool. Helena was her name. We had a great little show. She's one of the people I worked with who told me what a great oh, guy Helena, you are. I love you. She's yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, she's top chick. Yeah, um, and she was fun, and she was really hardworking, much more knowledgeable about radio than I ever was. Mm-hmm. And then um, they moved us to the morning show, like from nine a.m. till mid midday. And then, like two months into it, some new programmer came along and said, "Right, we're stripping all the shows back. Helena, you're out. You're the producer now. Kyle, you're on just by yourself, being an announcer." And I did like little ten second speed breaks into ZZ Top, and I hated it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Here's ZZ Top at Triple M," and, I, and that was it. And, that, and I'd say that sort of thing like four times every three hours, and that was my job. And I was like, "This sucks." Yeah. What are you doing in between that? Just sitting around smoking cigarettes in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Good old days. Brisbane, they didn't care. You chain smoking on air. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we I continued the chain smoking on air when I moved to Sydney to do the Hot 30 as well, Jackie and I. She was like, you can't smoke in the building. And I was like, mate, we can do whatever we want. It's rock and roll. So you were brought in to work with Jackie, right? She's working yep. with Ugly Phil. He leaves town, goes to uh, England, I think, and they bring yeah. in this... Re- well, they were married, you know. They- I know, I do. That's where the O comes from, they right? Never, they never told anyone they were married. I, I listened to them my whole life. I didn't know they were married. <laughs> so they break up, obviously, and he yeah. moves to England, and then they get the kid from Brisbane to come down and start doing the Hot 30 with Jack. I know. Was but she the boss? That- was she? Was there, was there a very clear kind of line that you were the new kid and this was No, her? no. Actually, um, when I joined her... I said, okay, so how does this all work? She was sweetheart. She, she's always been sweet, Jackie. And she goes, well, when Phil was here, like, um, you know, Phil would just do all the interviews by himself and I'll come in and do some gossip. And then if you ever want me to laugh, you point and I'll <laughs> laugh. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? That's how they worked. He'd point at her and she'd go, hee, hee, hee. And I said, well, that, that, none of that can happen. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we, we need to be 50-50. We'll do the interviews together because I hate interviews, right? So a movie star could come in here and I don't even know their name, let alone anything they've done. So I was like, you know, you need to be in the interviews because she'll read the research notes. And, um, and then I found out that she wasn't even getting paid the same amount. So I rallied that, fixed that, and said that we need to negotiate together mm. from now on. 
Um, so she, instantly she loved me, going from 65000 yeah. a year to about 250000 a year, and then get skyrocket from there. Good it's on one her. of the ways in which you and Jackie have changed the industry, actually. I mean, there were a lot of women who sat in studios and were pointed at when it was their time to yes, laugh. Or ridiculous. weren't al- even allowed in the studio until some man said, all right, get in here, we're going to talk about some showbiz yeah. shit, you've got to come in now. But uh, she, she was a master at what she did, and I thought, yeah. what a waste having her sitting out on the other side of the glass yeah. for half the show. You, who is accused consistently. Instantly of misogyny. Yes, and I'm not like, and I grew up in a situation with my mum and dad. That it was a very toxic environment, and like I'm very soft with women. A lot of people like, and I've been jumped on a few times for you know probably mouthing off, uh, calling journalists this, that, and the other thing. But I do truly believe, and this might sound a little bit Donald Trump. But if you mouth off, then you get mouthed off back at. Like I'm, I'm always in a defensive mode, never firing the first missile. Mm. So I, like, but if a woman has a go at you and it's not right, what's the difference if a man has a go at you and it's not right? I might have used some filthy language and what have you, but I think that's a more emotional, um, idiot side of me coming out there. Where I can't contain my emotions. Yeah. But um, I, I've always taken exception exception to the fact that I'm a misogynist because. All the women I know would laugh at that and think it's ridiculous. So, I suppose yeah. if you're a journalist that I've called a F this and an F that, and I suppose <laughs> you might think, well, no, I'm getting a different vibe, which is fair enough. I'm getting a different vibe. But, yeah, it is one of the things I've been told by people who've known and worked with you for a long time, like our mate Helena, for example, that, yes. um, that, that you are certainly not a misogynist. What, why was your, the home environment toxic? What was going on? Oh, alcohol, two parents that weren't in love with each other. Uh, you know, back in the 70s there, it wasn't uncommon for the if the wife stepped out of line to get a bit of a backhand, that sort of thing. So I grew up in that environment, which has made me – like I don't drink alcohol because in my mind, alcohol turned in from, you know, from being a child around that alcoholism. I thought that might be the poison that, you know, if that's in me, then maybe I'll be that devil. So I just always avoided alcohol. Obviously, that's some weird issue. Probably I think plenty of people drink and they don't get violent. Yeah. Um, and I've always been like super sensitive to women, actually. I think that maybe, you know, being with my mum who was, you know, a victim of, of that sort of behaviour, I think that made me quite soft to, to women. A lot of women actually, I've even got some lesbian friends that go, you're like a 40-year-old lesbian yourself. <laughs> and I've always gone, thanks, but not really <laughs> sure what that meant. Thanks. Too soft to even challenge them on it. <laughs> so how did you manage to have such uh, a deep, great relationship with your dad before he died recently? I think that I, because I, it wasn't, because no one ever discussed what went on when I was a kid. Like you grow up and then I was out of home when I was a teenager for a while and then bitter towards my parents, didn't have a relationship with them for like seven years. And then all of a sudden I was on the radio in Brisbane. They're ringing up going, oh, do you reckon you can get some of those ACDC tickets? <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, hang on, this is weird. The last time I spoke to you, you were kicking me out of home when I was a child. Now you want free tickets. Uh, okay, here's some tickets. So I, I sort of had a pretend relationship with them both for many years where I'd think, oh, it's the weekend, I better ring them up. And we'd have the same repetitive conversation. Hey, what's happening? Nothing. What about you? Oh, nothing. Oh, nice to talk to you. Nothing. Wouldn't really share any real life stuff. And it was only probably the last, you know, five or ten years that I probably forgave them. Like, I think I just held on to, you know, anger and uh, and stuff from the past my whole life. And it's not until you realize, oh, they were just kids when they had me as well. They were like 23 years old. They didn't – and then mum told me that she might have had um, 
Oh, what's that thing where, uh, where you have a child and then you get all... Postnatal? A postnatal depression. But they yes. didn't know back then what postnatal depression was. No. And Dad just thought his wife didn't want to have sex with him. And then he'd just... What do you do in the 70s when you're sad? You get on the booze, you listen to Johnny O'Keefe, and you go rampaging around the house. Yeah. That's just what happened. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think I blamed them. I think I expected them to hold, you know, I held them accountable for their actions without even really ever no one discussing it and without them even knowing what they were going through back then. No excuse for his behavior back then. Um, and my mum's very soft, very soft soul. Onto a third husband, mind you. She's a little bit of a, um, little bit of a uh, Jackie Collins type <laughs> or a Joan Collins type. Yeah. Uh, but very soft, very lovely lady. And when my dad passed away a couple of months ago, um, we'd, everything was great. And, you know, I told him about all the filth that I'd been involved with, uh, rock and rolling all around the world. And he was like, he was laughing but horrified. But also, I could see a glint in his eye. Was like, you lucky bastard! <laughs> You've really done those things. Yeah. So, but it was it was real confronting actually. And it's not until he's gone that you realise, oh, I wasted all those years. You know, being angry about something that um, we should have probably talked about much, much earlier. Yeah, but you did in the end, you know. Yeah, yeah, we did. Again, it's just so different from the Kyle of of uh, of legend, isn't it? I'm sure you're aware oh. of it. The thoughtfulness that you obviously put into life and the way you live your life. I mean, I don't want to use the word journey, but... You know, it oh feels, God, this feels like I'm an idol contestant. No, it feels like there's a, <laughs> a certainly a journey going on. There is. In life, there is, and I, and I, you know what? I used to be like when I first started radio in Sydney. I thought, oh my God, I never in my wildest dreams would imagine I would have been good enough, yeah, to work in a capital city, let alone the big capital city, and so, killing and, it. I mean, that's the other thing. How how is that to come to terms with? The, the reality is that you are this kid from Brisbane, yeah, uh, whose parents kicked you out. You you know you went to Darwin. You were doing radio in Brisbane. Brisbane yeah. was your dream, yeah. And you are in the toughest radio market in the country and absolutely slaying. I don't know. how. I'm, I actually, to tell you the honest truth, I feel like a fraud. I feel like mm. at any stage someone's going to tap me on the shoulder and say, you've been tricking everyone and now you're busted. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really a radio announcer. Because I don't really think of it like that. I think we just come in. Uh, you know, I often get into trouble for probably just being uneducated and a little bit too honest where they go, oh, you can't say that. Oh, political correctness says, oh. And I, and I thought, you know what? Sick of this political correctness. I'm sick of being told by different groups what you can and can't say. I understand some things offend people, and I'm I'm aware of that. But sometimes I do forget that we're actually even on the radio, mm. where you can be in the middle of this. You know, everyone's chatting and being opening up and being honest about things. Um, and that's where I've got myself in trouble before. That you know, you have to educate yourself slowly. So mine's a long-term, lifelong education process since I learnt nothing at school. But this is where we come to what I really love about you is your openness to that. There are not many people, and certainly not in your position, who would say, I fucked up because I'm ignorant. I didn't know that. Yeah. And you know what else? I'm going to go and learn. But it's never it's – ne- I, I think a lot of people think we sit in a room and we come up, oh, how can we create headlines and, and, and controversy? Yeah. We never do. I always show up here – I'm early at 10 to 6. Jackie Rolls is in here. At one minute to six, always like cutting it too fine. I don't know. It stressed me out. Uh, but we don't. We don't plan. Oh, let's do this so this result happens. Uh, and you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it just happens um, on the fly. This is the least racist radio show there could be. Like, actually, I've 
my whole plan on this breakfast show that I do in Sydney was to be the king of the minority groups. Be a voice for the Lebanese people, for the Asian people, for the Aboriginal people, for the, the gay, lesbian people. Because you don't hear them on and many other radio stations in Sydney. It's just white Australia with their dumb, archaic thoughts being pounded out on the airways everywhere you listen. And I thought, this is not what Sydney is. Sydney's a gigantic cultural melting pot of all these different amazing people, and they're living here as well. So... I remember some Lebanese people saying, no one ever says anything good about the Lebanese people but you. You are the king of the Lebanese people. And I thought, fuck, I'll take that. That's nice. Thank you very much. Well, that's what I get when I podcast. That's what I get when I actually listen to a whole show of yours, definitely, is is lots of voices. And you're yeah, right, lots. we don't get that much in Australian media at all. No, no, no. And I think the ABC put a memo out the other about a month ago <laughs> saying we need more foreign voices on the air. And I thought, wow, fancy having to tell your people that. So that means yeah. someone somewhere is keeping foreign-sounding people off the air. I'm letting them on. I can't care if they've just been on the crack cocaine. Get them on the air. <laughs> They're the best callers ever. Talk to us about Imogen, lovely Imogen. Oh, She's, I love her, but she's difficult work. Your girlfriend is difficult. Oh, man, come on, of course. She gives me, no one's ever been confrontational with me before. Really? Like, like you know, I've, You've I've been always, married. You're telling me there wasn't confrontation? Oh, there was a few disagreements during the marriage didn't work out, but, yeah. but she was like a, she was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not big, I don't like arguing or, okay. and I usually just go, okay, I'll do what you want to do. <laughs> Um, but Imogen's like, she's 25, you know, I'm 44 and, um, you know, and I thought, ah, oh, you know, I'm killing it here and smashing this long hottie. And, uh, but man, that comes with a whole, that comes with having to stay up at night, having to go out. And I yes. like picking her up when she goes out, but when, but I thought picking you up, oh, I'll drop you off with your girlfriends. You ring me. Don't worry about a cab. You ring me. 5am she's ringing. <laughs> Come ready now, babe. Come and get me. And then I've got to drop this one off on the way and then this one. I'm like, this is not on the way, by the way. This is all over town. I'm like a free Uber driver. No, you're like a dad, mate, is what you're <laughs> like. I'm like a dad. You're right. That's exactly what I'm doing. No, but, but she's great. And you know what? She's challenged me and she's uh, and I wasn't used to it. I, I was saying, oh, we're doing this. And she'd be like, I don't like that. And I'd think, what? What do you mean you don't like it? Maybe everyone just went along with me before. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but it's been great. It's been five years now. Wow. I like I that know. she's really aggressive when she's defending you. I love seeing oh. her defending <laughs> you on Insta or somewhere. And I oh, think she's harsh, mate. She's harsh. And I nice. say, don't be like that. You know, they'll 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 attack you. And she goes, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to tell this bitch what I think. And I think, oh god. I'm like, you don't. You know, the way you should handle media is. And she goes, don't tell me how to handle things. And I'm like, okay, but. Well, whatever you say. She does her own thing, and that's just the way it is. She really does. Look, I used to freak out because she'd say, by the way, I'm doing these pictures on Instagram, and I'd be like, where are your clothes? Why are your clothes not on? Her dream when she was 17 was to get in zoo, and I was like, what a dream, babe. What a dream. But, hey, that was her dream when she was 17, and she achieved it. And then, uh, you know, and I, and I said, you know, good. I said, I said good on you. No, but she's great. But she keeps me youthful. Yeah. If I if I wasn't with her, like I'd just be I'd be watching Home and Away and then going to bed. Yeah. Night night seven thirty now. <laughs> night night. I'm up till midnight, dying right, dying, <laughs> bloating, eating sh- melted cheese on toast. Which you know, if I was with, dating someone my own age, I'd be like, Do you really think that you should be eating that melted cheese on toast? Which yep. I think yes, I want to eat it. <laughs> She lets me eat it because she doesn't realise yet, only being 25, that's not the right thing to eat. Nah, you look like you've lost weight, though. You're looking great. 
I think it's a uh, fishbowl lens we've got here on the, <laughs> on the Skype. Yeah, and I've got that whole sort of, I've got the Hollywood uh, vibe going on here, the soft yellow light. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And all that stuff. <laughs> Are but you, I don't care about weight to tell you the truth. No, but are you healthy? I mean, you Look, and I have discussed weight nah, on air before, so, yeah, you know, who cares about that? Yeah, but yeah. are you you're healthy? People talk to me sometimes and go, oh, I've heard he has 30 coffees a day and Red no, Bulls. No, that's and- true. No, no Red Bulls. No, no, I don't drink that stuff. I don't drink the energy drinks. But I, do, I did drink up to 30 coffees a day. That's back to about 10 a day now. Wow. Okay. I know. I but think see, that's I okay. Think... You're up all night waiting for your girlfriend to come up. Up all night, yeah. yeah. Plus, I've got to put her on the workbench as well, and I've got to put out like a 25-year-old. Can't be rooting her like a 45-year-old. <laughs> like three minutes, which a lot of people are happy with. That's not what she's happy with. I'd be happy with, yeah. Yeah. I'm sometimes watching TV thinking you're dead cats. So I've got all sorts of weird shit goes through my... Just to keep myself a-going. That's a terrible way to be, but that's the way it is. That's but right. the health I've got high blood pressure, which uh-huh. is my doctor, who's Indian and very lecturous. He's always like, listen... <laughs> And you, I've told you for many years, you must lose the weight, Kyle. Why, why do you not listen to me? Like, I've spent many years learning to be a doctor. I'm like, oh, here we go with the lecture. Uh, and I know, but I think if I'm bedding this hot 25-year-old, I've got a great job. Yeah. Um, you know, there's plenty of chubby chasers out there. Why am I busting my balls at the gym like some bloody flog looking at myself, looking at me abs? I don't want to be that guy. No. I really don't want to be that guy. And if you're healthy, I mean, if you're feeling healthy, you're not feeling like it's impeding your well, life. I wouldn't at say all. I'm feeling healthy. <laughs> I'm feeling, uh, you will, know, healthy-ish. Will you have a baby? Do you think? Will you be a dad? Look, I'm not opposed to it, but um, I don't think she's ready for a baby yet. God knows why I already haven't got twelve or thirteen running around because I was always on the withdrawal method. Yeah, right. And I'd always be like, oh, I might get one more weight. Oh, oh. sorry, but oh, sorry, babe. Might have to run down and get the morning after pill. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was in the back in the eighties, though. That's... <laughs> that's when everyone was scared of AIDS. That's exactly when you should have had condoms. Yeah, I know. They're, they're, why aren't they scared of AIDS now? They're just not. They're they're like Ugh, condoms are gross. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, I know. Before I met Imogen, I was plowing through these models and actresses, yeah. right? Yeah. By the dozens, trying sure. to get over my broken marriage, yeah. trying to make myself feel better, and all of them would say, "Oh, you know, say, oh, I'll get a condom." They go, "You don't have to." And I'd go, oh, oh, no, I think I shouldn't. they go, oh, well, you don't have to. No one else, all other guys don't like, they say it doesn't feel as good. And I thought, and then I'd think to myself, God, how many people has this chick been with? Yeah, right. You know, I'd still do them, though, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I'd put the dinger on for sure. You did? No way. Yeah, I'd, I'd, every time. Yeah, good for you. 
Yeah, because I'm, 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 I was always worried about diseases. Oh, no, it's our generation, babes. It was the I you don't know, get a, Grim you Reaper. Th- yeah, the Grim Reaper terrified Bowling. me. And, mm. and, yeah, and then I don't want to get into Bondi Beach with my yellow Speedos on, have bloody all bloody herbs all up in my leg. I don't want that. <laughs> That's not a good look. You can't bounce back from that. It is not. You can't be radio's <laughs> Carl Sanderland with herbs yeah. up your legs. Oh, bloody terrible. Oh, no. Wouldn't, wouldn't take long for that to get out either, oh, would it? Jesus. What happens when you put a prude and a porn star in the same room? How was your day? Yeah, okay, but my boss was really riding me. (laughs) Me too. No, I didn't mean it like that. Why do you have to make everything about sex? Mamma Mia's newest podcast is all about sex and relationships. It's all the questions that you want to know but have been too afraid to ask. The Prude and the Porn Star. Subscribe in iTunes. Have you talked about babies with Imogen? Uh, well, she's asked, like, oh, you know, 25. you never talk about babies. And I said, oh, well, you know, I'm not opposed to babies. And she's like, well, that doesn't sound like someone that wants babies. And I said, well, I, I wouldn't be opposed. Like, if you turned around and said I came out with the piss stick and showed me two lines, I wouldn't I wouldn't cry and say, oh, what are we going to do? Yeah. I'd be happy. Yeah. And she said, oh, good. Well, I'm thinking about three years away. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll be the oldest dad down at soccer. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'm not going to soccer. <laughs> I want my kid to be a gay dancer. Yeah. I do. I'd much rather go to one one recital a year <laughs> than go down to soccer every Saturday. I'm not giving up my weekends for some kid. But you have a lot of animals now though, right? Yeah. But I've got a farmhand now because I spent oh, a yes. lot of time feeding animals and I thought, this is not for me. No. Always smelling of some sort of dirty animal's feces on my stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought, no. Nah. So I've got some farmhands now. So I drive past the animals now. <laughs> and uh, and watch them being fed by someone else. How many and what are they? Have you have a sip? Have a sip of your coffee. Oh uh, yeah, no, I've got um, uh, three big horses, mm. uh, three miniature ponies, some alpacas, a oh. two-ton bull called T-Bone, <laughs> and um, prize-winning chickens. I'm not joking about the prize-winning either. Oh. So one chicken is that good-looking; it came third in the country, third <laughs> best-looking chicken. In the- I know that everyone else is like, oh, no, move on to something more exciting. Mm. But I was pretty excited. No, that's um, nice. Yeah, so lots of chickens, miniature goats. Oh, nice. Frogs, um, rabbits, so uh, peacocks. Yeah. It's like Playboy, like the Playboy Mansion without all the Playboy chicks. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. What yeah. made you decide to do that? I mean, I, I would have thought. Imogen made me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. She came from a farm. She's a country girl. Great. So we'd have to go down to Grandma's place. Right, it'd be pretty boring down there. I'd usually take a scoob and walk around the, the farm, <laughs> you know, just blazing away. Yeah. And then going, whoa, these animals are so beautiful. <laughs> and she said to me, like, you're so calm when you're down here and yeah. relaxed. Mm. We should get a farm. <laughs> that cost me a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should get a farm, babe. Yeah. yeah mm. Okay, Okay, babe, we'll get one now. Oh. Yeah, we got one. Do you actually have any money? The rumour I hear is that, oh, it's all rented. Oh, he doesn't really have uh, money. The house is rented. and Well, the the house, I did. I just sold a house mm. um, that I had, and I did, we did rent a farm because I thought if we're going to get this farm, I'll rent it first. Good idea. Because we may not like the lifestyle. No, that is uncharacteristically but, sensible. Well done. Yeah, yeah mm. but I'm not as dumb as people think. But <laughs> to, and I get paid a lot of money. So I know. I, I, don't, I don't know where people think it goes. But, uh, like, well, you're just so I flashy, just I think. People think you just kind of throw it away on things. 
Oh, I do throw a lot of like I do throw away a lot of money on cars and things yeah. like that. But we're not really that flashy. Yeah. Like we, I've got nice cars, we have nice shoes, and but like I'm not out there running around in bloody Tom Ford suits. Like I've got the same daggy black t-shirt and jeans <laughs> on every day of my life. Yeah. Like, um, but uh, I don't think just because you haven't, just because I rent a house doesn't mean that. There's no money. I think people would love to think that, but yeah, I think people love to think there's a, a lot of fakery about you because. Well, how can you fake it? Like, you got the cars, or you haven't. No, like, no. It's like it's just weird. I don't know. I, don't, I think people I don't are... care what they think. I'm, I'm not worried what people think about what I've got or what I haven't. Got. Was that is that that's a new thing though, right? Surely there was a time in your life, particularly when you've come from nothing, where you well, would yeah. be worried. About that, or you would want to prove oh, it. I, I never really worried about it. I just never had anything. And then when, early in my life, I was like living week to week. Like yeah. I'd spend, I'd, you know, spend everything I had. And then I'd be like, oh shit, we're going to get this week away to I get paid. I think everyone's been down that road though. Yeah. And most people have sort of lived that. But I feel like I can appreciate whether you earn nothing and you're homeless or whether you, and everything in between up to, you know, where you're paid quite well. Yeah. Um, I can, I've been, I've lived all those lives. So, you know, I can understand different positions people are in. I remember when I would be going down to the bloody social security office to get an emergency doll check and then go straight to the casino with it and go, fuck, <laughs> spend the loss, fuck. What am I going to do now? You, you're you a rule breaker on radio, <laughs> that is for sure, well, yeah. in a lot of places, I suppose. One of the rules that, that a lot of people have in radio is don't acknowledge the opposition. Oh, yes. They, they, they told me that. And I was I like, but that's ridiculous because everyone knows that there's other stations out there. <laughs> Like the pretend, they always used to say as well, now no matter whether it's raining or whether it's sunshine, come up with a good reason. Like, oh, it's good for the farmers. And I was like, <laughs> why do we have to pretend all yeah. the time? Why does every song have to be wonderful? Then I started shit canning songs I hated. Yeah. And they were outraged. Oh, you can't say It's someone's favourite song. Yeah. And I'd say, well, it's not mine. I hate it. <laughs> I might as well, and they were like, don't say it, don't. And I just used to say, say righto then, and just every day was just do whatever I thought was right. Yeah, you stay I, on air after nine o'clock, which no one else in the country could be bothered doing you and Yeah, Jackie. but that's, that's not, a, a lot of people think that's a strategy. We're supposed to finish at nine. Yeah. But there's this timing out thing where, you know, the news has to be at eight, seven o'clock, eight, seven thirty, eight, eight thirty. I can't time out. Not good at maths, so I just like whatever. And I was, and they were like, "Well, that's how people know what time it is." And I was like, "No, clown. They've got they've got a clock on their dash, a watch on their arm, iPhone. They're telling you we don't need radio to tell us the time. They can figure out the time their own way." So I'd always argue the case, but the real reason was I could not time out to the top of the hour properly for the news to start. Yeah, and I'd say, "Why would I stop talking about something that's that I think's great?" to play five minutes of ads so the news can be on time. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm doing my own thing. (laughs) I just have to drop a little bit of info in here about something that is legendary in Australian radio circles, but you might not know about it. It's Kyle and Jackie O's departure from the Stereo Radio Network. They were the network's biggest stars with an unassailable lead in the Sydney breakfast shift, which is the big one. It's the most lucrative radio market in the country and the jewel in any network's crown. Around $30 million in advertising revenue flowed through their show every year. And then suddenly it was all over. The network did the unthinkable and let them go. That was in November 2013, and within a month, it was announced that they joined the Australian radio network known as ARN, where I work now too. 
That network, that radio network let you and Jackie go. It feels as though it's yeah. brought the network to its knees, that one decision. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was a weird. I wasn't actually expecting them to do that. No, I bet you weren't. But they Who was? Think, no one was expecting no them one. to do that. But, uh, see, this is what they thought. They thought, well, you know, Fitzy and Whipper have re-signed with Nova, so where are they going to go? So they yeah. stalled the contract <laughs> negotiations. And and I didn't say we're going to go to ARN because that, that just would have been unthought of in their mind because ARN was such a shit nest and no one would have gone there. <laughs> and, and and they really did think they'll either re-sign for what we offer mm. or they'll just leave because I said, oh, we might retire. And they were like, well, then then retire. And I thought, fuck, and then they called me bluff there. That didn't work. <laughs> and I thought they thought, well, if they retire, everyone will still stay here and we'll bring a new cheaper breakfast show in and, and we'll sail on. But they didn't realise that I'm very, very sneaky. <laughs> and uh, I rang up Duncan Campbell, who's the uh, the head of the network. Yeah. And I'd, and I'd worked with Duncan like 20 years before in Perth when I was rooting all the, all the staff. Wow. So he remembered me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't exit like that and, not get, and get forgotten. Uh, and I said, look, this might seem crazy, but what would you do? Would you? I'd, I'd like to bring our whole show to you. Yeah. And he said, like, oh, you're using this as leverage to try and – Jack up your your deal over there, and I said, "No, I'm done with these idiots." Because we had new owners, you see. Yeah, they're from a regional. They had no idea they're cowboys. They're cowboys from the bush they had no clue. <laughs> um, and it cost them. It only cost them a couple of hundred million dollars. So you know, <laughs> the, the expensive lesson to learn. It is. But I was thrilled. I was thrilled because it was a it was a real hit. You know, it could it could have gone either way back then. Yeah, yeah, and it absolutely confirmed. Your status, you and Jack, it, it can, because you took all your listeners with you. And I, know, and I was reading newspaper articles from like media analysts yeah. going, oh, at best they might take 13% of their audience. And yeah. I thought, oh, shit, we're dead in the water if yeah. we've only got 13%. Yeah. And I, but I, and I blindly thought, and I was, ended up being right, should have known better, but I, <laughs> I blindly thought, oh, they'll all come. And then everything was, I was reading everything against that and saying there's no way that would happen. And I was thinking, am I like a deluded lunatic? Because oh, oh, I just thought, what would I do? If I listened, because my favourite show in radio before I was in it was Jamie Dunn and the B105 morning crew in Brisbane, like the most awesome show I'd ever heard in my life. Yeah. Even though most of it was from a puppet that sounded a bit like this. <laughs> What's that grow? Yeah. Oh, I love that puppet. Yeah. I loved it. Loved it, right? And I just, and I'd get up every day, and I, no matter whether I had to get up or not, I'd be up every morning listening to it like a mega fan, mm. right? And, um, and I thought if that show moved to another station, I would just go there as well. Like if The Voice yeah. moved from Channel 9 to Channel 7, I'm not going to sit there watching reruns of, um, uh, country practice on Channel 9. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to follow my show. Yeah. I thought that's what everyone would do. Uh, so lucky I was right. Yeah, lucky you were right. Lucky? Because we banked ourselves in for survey results. <laughs> Bonuses, big time. Did you? <laughs> All that fake money that I'm spending on nothing. <laughs> so what's the future for you? What do you want to do? What is there left to do that you haven't? Uh, well, look, this is going to sound real whack job, but about 15 years ago when I first started on the Hot 30 with Jackie, mm. we had a psychic on and she mapped out my whole future. And I wasn't a big believer in psychics. Um, and she said, you're going to do this show, then it's going to be so successful. In five years, you'll move to a national afternoon show. And there was no national afternoon show back then. And I thought, oh, this woman doesn't have a clue what she's talking about. She said, you'll do that for a year. Then you'll, they'll move you onto the breakfast show. And this is when Wendy Harmer and the morning crew were on. And I thought, oh, that move to the breakfast show, this chick's tripping. There's no way that's ever – I thought out of – not even in the realms of possibility – was that possible? That's what I thought. Mm. Um, 
And then she said, oh, and I see you doing TV, and I wasn't interested in TV at all. She said, I see you in a white suit with $100 bills all over it, <laughs> and people behind you, and I thought, terrible fashion. But then she said, people all behind you booing and cheering and booing and cheering. And I said, what is that? And she said, well, then the white suit with the money, that means you'll get very well paid for something. Mm. And I was, like, I was making like a million dollars a year off all those TV shows, and that's only three months' work. Yeah. I was like, Jesus. Keep me in this TV gig, but then I, <laughs> I ended up not doing that over the last few years. But and then um, and the booing and the cheering, there was no idol and nothing that was on. So she put, ran all of this and said, "I'll do all." It's predicted everything that's happened in the last ten years, mm. and she said that um, eventually I'll move to America and produce TV shows, not be on them, but produce them. Wow, that's what I thought, but I haven't thought of any yet. So. <laughs> Sitting around waiting for the uh, penny to drop, but so that's what's in my future. So maybe okay. that'll happen. I don't know. But really, that's just creating content, which I really think I've done my whole life anyway. Yeah, so maybe absolutely. that will happen. Maybe that won't. And your real skill is sort of having relaxing. a feeling. He's relaxing. <laughs> that's it's my also, real skill. <laughs> but it's having a feel for what for the zeitgeist, for what people are thinking about, for what people want to hear, want yeah. to talk about. Is important to them in the moment. That's your that's your talent. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is right because I I, I, I don't know why like that is that even a talent because it's not like juggling or anything. Well, I think it's but a it, talent. It seems I to be making you too. a lot of money. Yeah, I think it is too. But mm. it but it's um it's hard to justify that. Like I yes. can't see myself going to America and saying hello. My talent <laughs> is knowing what people want. I, I just sound like a charlatan, you know what I mean? I like a snake oil salesman. I know. It's really hard to convince people you're good at that, but you've I got know. lots of lots of numbers to back you up. Well, I know, but I'm not a big like. I know I am a bit of a show pony, but like in real real life, outside of the radio thing, like I'm just a real homebody that sits at home. Yeah, I love being at home so much. Actually, so I like that, being alone, but by myself. Yes, yeah, same. But so much so that you stay home from work quite a bit, and I'll let you go in a minute. But I feel like we have to address this issue. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. But it's this idea <laughs> that that uh, that you like to not show up to work. Yes, which I addressed on the show this morning because okay. I said, you know what, the truth of it is. Uh, my dad died like two months ago, yeah. and um, and some days it's just I just feel like I feel ill and I miss him and I just don't want to go into work and laugh. And I know that's – no one feels more slack than me. Uh, but some days – I'm not saying it's depression or anything. I'm just saying that you know, I think about him every day. Um, and we didn't have a great relationship, and that's probably my fault, a lot of that. And there might be some regret there. Um, and some days I just feel ill, but you know, there is the high blood pressure. I do suffer, you know, migraines and I probably put myself into some stupid emotional state where I start projectile vomiting for eight hours. And then it's very hard to come in and vomit and joke and laugh. And, you know, I probably have to get that sorted out by speaking to someone or doing something because it is starting to impact, you know, on my daily life. Um, well, so maybe I, it goes I, back to what we were talking about before about, you know, when I was saying to you, was it hard being Kyle Sanderlad some days? And you were like, no, 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 it's great. Everyone's always nice to me. Rah, rah. But uh, maybe it's Maybe that. it is hard, yeah. Mate, well, see, I don't, I don't look at it like a – it's hard to say because I don't look at myself in the third person. Yeah. Like, I'm just me. Yeah. Um, so, but the version of you that we need publicly – yeah, must, that's sometimes hard. You're right. It, it, it probably is. It must require. My God, you're my therapist now. <laughs> I'm very good. I've never really opened up to people <laughs> like that. I find it difficult to open up to people uh, because some people in my life have, like, you know, my best friend, like, you know, misappropriated, let's say, you know, a couple of million dollars from me. And, you know, so, and these are the closest people in my world. So 
it's hard to trust people sometimes. I think like also... I feel my throat's closing up now. That's got to be some sort of... That's yeah. hear those noises? Yep. That can't be good. <laughs> that's some sort of psychological bullshit going it on, It is. Right? It really is. It I, made think- me, I, I just felt like someone was squeezing me around the throat then, like I was choking on the words. And then someone's just texted my producer, Sonia, to say we have to wrap it up. Have you given oh, them what the, a bitch. Have you I'm given the, them the secret? I'm in the, mi- I'm in the middle. No, no, I've never told no one to wrap up. I've told no one to wrap up. Nothing. So but right in the middle of me opening up for the first time ever, she decides, that's it, time's up. They must need you for something. You, you're a very important I'm, person. I've got nothing on here. Is anyone, <laughs> is anyone trying to wrap this up from out there? Anyone? Anyone trying to wrap this up? Talk on the mic. That's what we are, the radio. I now, think Nick might be. Oh, Nick might be. She's a lesbian. She probably got her own idea on me. She wants that feminine energy. Side <laughs> <of me. laughs> I'm going to let you go. But, Thanks, um, honey. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. We should talk off radio one time. I'll just sit and listen to all your shit, mate. Yeah, I'll fly down there. Okay, let's do it. Thank you, you delightful weirdo. Thanks, honey. Bye. See you soon, babe. Bye. <laughs> I look myself in the eye and wonder when I look myself in the eye and wonder when Am I getting it together? Lord, it's been forever since it fell right Kyle Sanderlands, who can be heard on the KISS network right around the country, either in the mornings, if you're in Sydney, or in the evenings in other capitals. That's 97.3 if you're in Brisbane. Thank you to my brand new producer, Sonia Jashan. Is that how I say it, Bags? Jashan. Also to my button boys, Simon Baggett. And Kieran Simpson, thank you for downloading. Please leave us a review on iTunes when you get the time. And lastly, I need to tell you that the music we've featured on this episode comes from delightful Sydney musician Brendan McLean. It's called Hugs Not Drugs, or both, that's in brackets, or both, and it's available on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Bye for now. I felt right We want hard not drugs to both If it's available I'll take two And you under the table Let's both get drunk And forget the rest, yeah We want hard not drugs to both If it's available I'll take two And you under the table Let's both get drunk And text all of our excess <laughs> 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.